What's up, everybody? This is hey, the hey. Cult. Cl- <laughs> Drake Bell's in it. What's up, everybody? This is the <laughs> Cult Classic Podcast. Cameron Jones here, as always, with Mark Nussel alongside DJ Jordan Jones. Mm. I'm not a DJ. I'm not a DJ. I've never nothing, DJed anything. Nothing fun we in there. Know. Too. Just, just DJ your name too. Not, not nothing fun in there. Jordan Jones. <laughs> Okay. Just DJ Jordan Jones. Uh, if you're a first time listener, we are the Cold Classic Podcast. What movie are we doing this week? Uh, this week we are doing the 2000 film High Fidelity. Uh, this movie is about a record store owner in Chicago, Rob, uh, played by John Cusack, who is uh, utterly unlikable because he keeps uh, messing up. It's a romantic comedy, but uh, lacking in both lacking in both of those. <laughs> You would find this in the romance rom-com section and be like, interesting. I would put that next to The Breakup. Starring John Cusack, Eben Yao, Jack Black, Lisa Bonet, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Joan Cusack, Tim Robbins. This is that what would actually happen. Uh, this is what would happen to actually every John Cusack character if he just didn't grow up and he was still just a whiny little annoying kid. It's the coming of age story at 30. <laughs> uh, in this movie, John Cusack doesn't have a trench coat. What came first, the music or the misery? Did I listen to pop music because I was miserable? Or was I miserable because I listened to pop music? Okay, is this a cold classic? Uh, I pro- have, uh, I've maybe it, seen this d- on a list. D- yeah, I think it actually kind of is. It, it debatably could it be. I mean, it, John, uh, John Cusack himself, I feel like, has a following. It's about like a record store and just kind of a music scene and just pop culture like references. So anytime you get anything like that, I feel like you get a good cult following behind it. The reason I think it is is the fourth wall storytelling. That seems to crop up, but it's not... It's not um, unique to cult classics. It's a mainstream movies, but I think the record store part of the movie is what makes it a cult classic. Do I think it's a big cult classic? Personally, no. Did I suggest it to the group to watch? Yeah, sure did. Yeah, but no, I don't know. I had never I'm seen it before. Uh, seen it before, to be honest. So I, I enjoyed it as, as my first watch. Um, I saw it once younger, probably like when I just got to college, and I think I had a different reaction to it as like a young 20-year-old compared to now in my 30s. Um, but I'm like, I know there's a lot of Chicago scenes in our neighborhood, and I want to rewatch it. <laughs> That's why we're doing it. Uh, so classic, is it, maybe. Is it a cold classic? Maybe. I don't know. You be the judge. But judge, you know, like in a cool way. Yeah, with a curve. Uh, with a gladiator way. <laughs> Life or death? <laughs> Life or death. <laughs> Life or death. <laughs> but when it's cool, it's cool. It's good. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to Cast and Crew, directed by Stephen Frears. I don't know a lot of this guy's work, but maybe you guys will. He directed um, Dangerous Liaisons in 88. Uh, the name is not familiar, and no. 88 sounds Glenn familiar, Close, actually. What's John Malkovich, Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, the, uh, the Queen, he directed back in 06. That one seems a little more familiar. Maybe Helen Mirren. Mm-hmm. He directed uh, High Fidelity as well. Uh, it's a, a novel written by Nick Hornby. He also directed Wild, had some Oscar noms, and Brooklyn, which also had some Oscar noms. I think like 2014-ish. He also there. did uh, Philomena from 2013 and Florence Foster Jenkins in 2016, Oscar nominated. So, so he had like a he had like a really good like five years there, top five. Yeah, but top I mean, five. I think he's been directing stuff since. Like the seventies, whether it be movies or TV shows, like the late sixties on till now. So, good on him. I know I've seen a few. Yeah, of good his on movies, him. Like th- those are like I liked Wild. I don't know if I ever saw Brooklyn, but that's Sawyer's Ronan, Oscar nom. Yeah. So well acted, well shot. Oh, actually, yeah, very, I did see boring. that. I liked it a lot. It was pretty boring, but that's kind of up my alley. 
Oh, well then shut the fuck up and watch Seabiscuit. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I have seen Seabiscuit. Except that's a great movie. Here's the thing. It's I, a great I story. have seen Seabiscuit. I remember feeling <laughs> bored, but not in a good I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a second shot. Okay. Wait, no, wait, you don't you have to. It's fine. You haven't seen Seabiscuit? No, I have seen Seabiscuit. I was like, okay. I did, we I, did the ocean buns thing. Yeah, because it was fresh. We were making fun of it. Ugh. The point <laughs> is, I'll give it. You said it's streaming on something. I'll give it another go. It's on Netflix. I'll give it a go. Anybody out there? I'll give it a go. Is it great? No. But is it good? Give it a go. It sounds like a good go to bed movie movie for tonight, though. So I'll do it. You might be asleep before Tobey Maguire gets in the movie. (laughs) Because it starts off with like a younger him. You probably won't even make it to Tobey Maguire playing Red or whatever the fuck his name is. Can't wait. Oh, that's all I really noted down for uh, just directing and writing. Let's move on to cast. Uh, Starring John Cusack is Rob Gordon. Uh, I mean, you obviously know John Cusack from his teen movies. Uh, Later Identity, I mean, 2012. Say anything. <laughs> what? We just did Con Say Air. anything famously, but I like how you're like, in Identity. Everybody's like, what the fuck are you well, talking I, cause about? I, I, because I, I, I blah, blah, No, I blah, yeah. Okay, um, I blanket statement. You'll know like him largely for Identity and uh, what's that I movie our family likes? Stand By Me. Uncredited. I didn't say that. He's, oh, he, shout he's, out the, uh, he's the dead older brother. Yeah, that, that's right. Now it's coming to me. Okay, first off, I made a blanket statement there. I was like, you know him for his teen movies. Uh, <laughs> later, I said identity. My favorite teenage John Cusack is Better Off Dead. That's mine too, actually. But I think that's just because of family. Mountain. We had it on VHS, and I don't know. We, we probably watched it together. My most underrated one. What's that one we watched with Billy Crystal? Mm, it's American Sweethearts. American Sweethearts. Gets uh, uh, 16 Candles, too. Oh yeah, he's got the he's like with the Geek Crew and Sixteen Candles, right? Yep. Trying to get into the party. Jack Black is Barry Judd, one of the workers at the record store. I mean, I this mean, like is a lead-up character to Dewey Finn from School of Rock. He's just giving it's, us a sneak peek. Same universe for sure. Tenacious D. But you could also say that like everything led to Dewey. Finn, true, you know? <laughs> that's true. Like I mean, Orange County, this Tenacious D, all led to Dewey Finn. Even Yale plays. Uh, the main girlfriend, Laura. And kudos to Mark for taking the time to uh, to look up the pronunciation of the name because it is spelled interestingly. She's Danish. She's my, my people. Yeah, she's in a Mi bunch gente. of movies uh, that I haven't seen. She's in Defiance. Okay, you said this the, was her first American role, right? Back. I you think that so. That's kind of unverified, but I think that's right. They don't mention it in the movie where her characters from no spoiler alert but decent but american accent in the movie you can tell there's a little bit of twang yeah. in there though todd the Wiseau plays uh todd the Wiseau plays dick i know him from something but i don't know what he he seems familiar on imdb it says most uh known for jerry Maguire. that sounds about right yeah, it's 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 completely noticeable it's similar character he's the babysitter yeah the nanny jerry yeah. goes on dates and i'm like oh it's that guy playing pretty much the exact same role Lisa Bonet what plays uh, Marie DeSalle, kind of like the, the the big artist who comes into the record store. She's most known for uh, Denise on The Cosby Show. See, that's what Megan said. I, I never watched The Cosby, and um, I just didn't grow up with it. I assume Cameron didn't either. Was married, is still married to Lenny Kravitz. She was married to Lenny Kravitz. Um, their child together, Zoe, Zoe Kravitz, Kravitz uh, is now starring in the Hulu TV version of this show, High Fidelity. So before I even knew that, which I probably should have known that, but that's who I cast as. I did too. I was like, so, I was that, like Zoe Kravitz. I did too, knowing that I'm like, is this cheating just because she's doing it? But I was like, no, fuck it. it. If they did it, I'm it's doing it. It's a little it. cheating. Um, you may know her as being with Lenny Kravitz and just being cool as fuck, and now she's with... Uh, Jason Momoa, being and they're pretty just cool. Being cool as fuck. <laughs> no, they seem they seem they seem super cool. It seems like she's not acting in this movie. No, it seems like it's just her. Or yeah, she's acting her. every yeah, day no, in real life. Sure. I don't know which one. For sure. Yeah. Uh, Joan Cusack, sister. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my my favorite role being uh, Toy Story. Toy Story two, that is. Oh yeah, Jesse. Is that why you were singing that sad ass song earlier? Yeah, it was stuck in my head. Sarah McLaughlin song. When somebody loved me. Yeah, it got stuck in my head. Oh, my God. I'm about I to cry right say, now. I would say, actually, um, do you guys ever watch Shameless TV yeah, show on Showtime? Yeah, that's actually, yes, I, that's actually... That actually I got me to like her the most. Yeah, I kind of totally forgot she was in there. That's a funny character. That's still pretty much her, kind it's of. It's tough, though. Because of her voice, she normally plays this uptight woman. So it's 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 hard for me not to put judgment on her. 
But like that's just she's kind of typecast as that, you know. Uh, yeah, she. she, she well. What I mean, she's got a crazy, like unique voice. So a lot of her yeah, roles, a lot of roles are kind of like uh, animated. Tim Robbins, you know, uh, plays Ian, the kind of uh, the new boyfriend that Laura gets. Sec- second favorite, second game. favorite Tim Robbins cameo. Number one's Pick a Destiny when he's just that like road guy. My so God. sorry, I, I I I don't know how he came about this role, whether he knows the director or whatever, but I know that he was in a theater. Oh, group. I've been unverified of how he got this role, and I'll get to that later. Is is that how it was? No, it's well, what I heard was much more to do about a hairpiece he got for free out of it. Oh, cool. Well, I'm, I'm, I, I'll, I'll, I'll withhold. I just, I know he was in a, a theater group um, in Los Angeles when he was younger, young up and coming actors, and Jack Black was sort of in that as well, and Kyle Gass as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, oh, I'm imagining yeah. that's how they met for Tenacious D. Obviously, yeah, that's Shawshank. They right? might have met. That's that's probably my biggest. Yeah, that's my, I mean that's my favorite. Oh, yeah, Top Gun. To, to say anything. That's my favorite one at least. Uh, I, I'd give a shout out to Bull Durham, but you know it's uh, Shawshank. Yeah, yeah, um, right. Mystic River. I mean, he was in that, and that had a bunch of yeah. um, notoriety. The spy who shagged me. One of the awesome powers. He's like the president. It seems like uh, I bet he's been the president like three times. <laughs> I don't know why. Doesn't it just seem like he could be in, not, like a TNT I'm, made for I'm, TV movie president? Well, that's not what I was talking about. <laughs> movie. That's playing syndicated on TV. Yeah. yeah. Also, sort of a bigger role in the movie is Catherine Zeta-Jones. She plays Charlie. Uh, Zorro. Mm-hmm. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Deeps beneath lasers. Yeah. I was too young to know if she was a household name or famous by this movie. It seemed like her breakout was Entrapment with Sean Connery. Yep. I would have said. <laughs> I would have said Chicago. Um. Again. Co-starring John Cusack in American. I was about to say, also my favorite uh, uh, role of hers would be America's Sweetheart. She's actually pretty funny in that. And maybe my maybe my my favorite Julia Roberts movie too. Everybody. Hook. I'm gonna give it American Sweetheart. She's more <laughs> likable than that. I had thought about it. No. Uh, so we're on video call. Cameron just made the most peculiar face. Just thinking about those two <laughs> options. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking. So like, there's. I don't know. I would say there's like two main Julia Roberts movies where she's starring. But then she's in a lot my of good movies. Best Friend's Wedding? Right? Where's that fall so, in there? Ooh, so there's three. <laughs> so it's My Best Friend's Wedding, Pretty don't Woman. Don't make me start singing right and, and then, and then... Um, Aaron Brockovich. Yeah, Aaron Brockovich. Those are like her three main roles. Out of those, I'd probably go, like, what, Best Friend's Wedding? <laughs> that's your favorite? That's my favorite, <laughs> if we count that as a three. All right. Who, <laughs> she's another who, romantic comedy. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, rambling. Yeah, I'm who else is so off the mark here? Yeah, I got. I gotta say this for you guys. I believe you were fans of him. Um, I was not. Drake Bell. You didn't watch that Drake and Josh show. I was oh, a fan of okay. adult Drake. I was only a fan of Drake Bell on that diving show because you could tell he took it real seriously. Oh my god! What was I, that show called again? Like Splash. You're talking about the Splash. summer hit from about five years ago called Splash on ABC. Yes. I loved that show. It was a good show. <laughs> that was the best. Whatever, like. Dancing, singing, Summer fling celebrity we had. show I've ever seen. Was that I around the Olympics it. or like why do they even do that? Okay, cool. Let's move on to likes and favorite aspects. Likes and favorite aspects. Likes and favorite aspects. I think we're all gonna have the same one. So I mean, just Chicago. Yeah, but it's specifically the neighborhood we all lived in. It's in Bucktown and Wicker Park where we lived in. There's actually a scene in this movie that like literally was on the intersections of where Megan and I lived. So even though it's set, you know, in the late nineties, early two thousands, it's before our time when we lived there, we could still tell it's Bucktown Wicker Park, which I love. Absolutely. Even in the um the record store you get like a, a Shubas poster. They talk yeah. about double door. Yeah, and just so well, any I venues, that and, one... venues and movie theaters. They go to the uh, the music box, the biograph, the music box. Yeah, exactly. The music box we shout out all the time here. It's one of the best movie theaters, I would say, anywhere, but specifically in Chicago. They show cult classics. They show classic films. They have an organist. You can see great midnight movies. Check it out if and whenever we get to go back to normal life. True. But what I like about this movie is, so, you know, you'll see a movie set in a city, and since we've lived in Chicago, I just know it more than another city. So I'm sure this happens all the time in New York. But they'll be like, I live in this neighborhood, and then their train stop will be 10 miles away that they're shooting on. But this was the same train stop in the neighborhood 
that they were living in, and I like that, and I could tell. So sure. that's this you one's know, my favorite more, advert. Uh, Wicker Parky than the movie Wicker Park. True. <laughs> which I've never seen. So you're not missing much. We, it's not great, right? When we, set, I think we watched that like right Park? when we moved to Wicker Park, and it was disappointing. Um, do, on top of that, I feel like this movie does a good job at like fitting like local, like Chicago bands, Chicago record labels, like it, like the the vacant spot they're in used to be like a Wax Tracks Records. So he's wearing the T-shirt. Like some local bands, like at the time, are on some of those posters. I think there's a. What what record label are they kind of prominently always showing in that shit? It is like a Chicago label. They actually show a lot of, uh, of Chicago oh, bands, but like, pr- what's funny now is they were all on like Victory Records. Like yeah, was, that was it. It's all like on Victory Records. Um, so outside of just me liking it because it's set where we, you know, lived for the last decade, um, I like movies where they break the fourth wall and talk to you. Some people may not like that. Some people might. Have find it campy but uh, i enjoy it like ferris bueller like this like alfie no i actually love it anytime you break break the wall and you, you're, you're talking to me and i'm in on it i like that i mean we already we already talked about it but this is i mean this is pretty much a preview of school of rock so i like that you like this movie just has a dose of school of rock in it kind of yeah a little inside baseball on this one but uh you know it's our it's our it's our neighborhood so you know it was, it was cool for us it's entertaining enough but if you saw a movie that was you know shot in your hood you'd, you'd, you'd love it uh, let's move on to questions, comments, animosities. Questions, comments, um, can I start off with a big subject? <laughs> okay, yeah, let's yep. go. I like John Cusack, but I don't like him in this. Or it's not that I don't like him. I don't like his character in this. <sighs> yeah, I remember watching this movie and... I kind of I kind of remember the movie. I'd only seen it once, and I thought it was more mm-hmm. you were rooting for him, right? Like a lovable. Well, loser. that's actually the big He's difference. Like all, yeah, all, not that lovable. Well, that's what would have made the difference. All of it, well, granted, this is this is based on a book, so like there's obviously a source. So like that's probably it's probably better. None of us I'm taking it have read High Fidelity the book, but all, the, all of his characters when he was a child actor, he was kind of the one getting like shit on, and like he was an underdog, so you were rooting for him. In this one, he's kind of just the shitty person. And he's just—he's uh, a fuck up. He's just a—he's a—he's a non-lovable well, he's not, fuck like, up. Yeah, he's just—he's an That's asshole. That's almost where you get. It's not even that he's just a loser some of the and a fuck up. Where you get where he's just like, just a yeah, not a great boyfriend type of thing. It's like <laughs> he seems like an awful boyfriend, a not good boss, True. and a very bad. And friend. like, there's things about this movie I do really like that we've kind of already talked about, and like some favorite aspects. Just like the, I like when you break the wall and you talk to the the audience, but I don't like most of the things he's saying because it's kind of just prickish things he's done kind of in the past to ladies. And maybe this is like post me too movement too, with just like some with an I I I just like looking at me in that frame. Like that, they're almost like leaning into that for for comedy. Just well, you could. There was a there was one specific scene. When they were, when he was talking to one of his ex girlfriends, his high school. Uh, when one. he's talking to Penny at the diner. Yeah, when he's talking to Penny at the diner, who ends up becoming a movie critic, and after they go to the music box, right? So mm-hmm. she actually brings up something that resonates largely today, where she was sixteen and John Cusack's character pressured her into sex, but she didn't want to have it. So then she had it with her next boyfriend, still in high school, and I think she said something pretty close to it wasn't rape, but it wasn't that far off, right? And I'm like, oh, right. that's ahead of its time. I thought that briefly before John Cusack's character is like, it wasn't me. It He's wasn't like, cool. Me. Everything's High groovy, five. man. We almost got a guitar like, do-do-do-do. Uh, a little yeah. riff. So another reason he's just kind of an unlikable character, and I, I want, I want to like him so bad, and that makes me kind of overall like, I don't want to say I dislike the movie because I do like a lot of aspects about it, but his character is just so unlikable for me that's hard to get over. They just make it impossible for you to root for him. To every girl, your his his main his main girlfriend, Laura. It's like, why would Laura get back with him? He's he's an asshole. Yeah, I mean, I'll get to some of like questions about the relationship later, but I guess the answer is uh is true to everything, just complacency, and you know, hmm, why not? Well, I said it earlier, but this is what happens to John Cusack in real life of all of his teenage characters, who just kept being little dickheads, like, why is it always me? Kind of shit. <laughs> Turns out you turn into this guy and you own a record store in Chicago. Yeah, I did have a question about his record. And you store. call the cops and everyone that does the say anything thing outside your house because you don't have a sense of humor. There's no way his record store is running at profit or making any money, correct? 
No, no. It seems like the from the way they talk to customers, it seems like they're digging a pretty big hole. But it seems like he had been running it for a decent amount of time. Yeah, but it also seems like Laura was keeping things afloat. There's kind of a <laughs> resurgence of uh, just people buying vinyl like nowadays. True. If he if he could have made it for like another 15 years, he's he's golden again. Now it would be good. Um, at the time, we're I would say 2000 is about the transition from. Not CDs. CDs had already been around, but the burning at home is that's when that kicked off and got bigger. So I don't even know if anybody'd be buying records unless you were a collector at the time. I mean, when we were kids, did you ever buy a record? Or maybe our parents had some. And I know there's purists out there, but there was no record store we could have gone no, to. No, for to us, get it, but like, I still feel like making that mixtape vibe was still there. I remember like burning CDs just for like the, this road trip. Well, that's something funny I was going to say. Yeah, like we, Downloading we did on, uh, Napster, Li- LimeWire, whatever, what, BearShare for Cam. I was a BearShare guy. Uh, that was something I was going to say. Like we did get a little bit of that. I, we did have a little bit of the cassette mixtape, but like not as much because I remember having a few. But we were much more of the mix CD and kind of kind of generation. But pretty much same thing, same thing. Um, if, if I were to break it into chunks, there's all of John Cusack's character's relationship trouble between him and Laura. Mm-hmm. But then there's time at the at the uh, record store, and then there's times where he's just ponticating and talking in his apartment to the audience. It's the record store is the best part of the movie. True. If you could extend that scenes, and maybe the TV show does yeah. it. That, that's, they, I, yeah. I could use some more of that. Anytime they're just doing their list, their top fives, and just breaking stuff down, that that's the the enjoyable part of it for me. And and when he's even doing like some of the girlfriend like breakdowns, just with his monologue, it's just a lot of it is just. Self-deprecating makes me hate him is the problem. Do you think that, um, based off this, I, I, I'm not like a deep dive music person. Like, I don't feel co- confident enough to have top five conversations. Do you think they did a good job for music snobs and people collect records in the movie, or was it still kind of? So I don't know because I'm mainstream. not a I'm not a music snob, nor do I collect records. I mean, the only thing I do know is like the usual people people who try to look for like keep Captain Beefheart and like the uh, the Frank Zappa yeah, things, Beefheart and that's like that's something like a stereotypical the thing they kind of made fun of at the beginning. Liz Fair stuff throughout the so like there is stuff you can notice without having to be like a music snob. Yeah, I'd agree, but so I feel, I I feel like they have some well. deep cut stuff. Um, uh, just a throwaway comment. Uh, Dick, the character Dick, he's a psychic vampire. He is the dude from What We Do in the Shadows. That guy? Yeah. No, he's not the guy. I'm saying he's a psychic <laughs> he vampire. Should. Oh, I thought you say he aged up to be the. No, he's not Colin. I'm <laughs> saying he's just a psychic vampire. Oh, I'd say he's more of a um. What what are they called in the TV show? Um, in the an energy vampire. Yeah, he's an That's what I'm describing. Sucker. That's what I'm saying. He's a psychic. Uh, that is what I'm saying. <laughs> they, they're, they're called many things, Jordan. Yes, I, I, I agree with that. That's, that that's, that's very true. Check out what we do in the shadows. I think that there... So this movie isn't crazy long. It's like two hours. That's, you know, pretty normal for a romantic comedy slash whatever this is. Mm-hmm. I do think, though, that Laura's father dying, if you're going to have that, you have to cut something else. It really... I get what it does for the characters. They need to bond again in some way. But it takes a lot of runtime, the funeral scene. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's also based okay. off a novel, so I'm sure they already cut a lot of stuff. So some of the scenes probably... I mean, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say It's hard to say when anything's an ad- adaptation from a book, especially from one we don't know. Yeah, sure. I mean... But they, they, they make cuts all the time for runtime. True. And remember how mad we were about Harry Potter 3? Yeah, to compare this to Harry Potter 3 is a little different. I fucking though. love <laughs> Harry Potter 3. Yeah, we all do, but you know. Um, okay, so you guys are okay with the runtime, it sounds like? No, it does feel a little long, but that's also just because I don't think overall I like the movie and I'm not rooting for John Cusack. Animosity, he does have his problems and his faults, but his mom isn't helping things. If that's how my mom talked to me immediately after my girlfriend left me, like, hmm, it'd be hard for me to talk to Ma. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not calling home at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, the mom is a little heavy, but he's an asshole anyway. So you know, yeah, he kind of. Uh, you, I learned about midway through. He's like, oh, he kind of has it coming. But initially, I was like, oh, geez. Um, to go back to the scene that I thought you should cut, you see, uh, John Cusack's character selfishness at at, at the uh, the funeral because it's still all about him the whole time. True, and unfortunately, I relate with that. <laughs> 
I I rarely look. I mean, I'm empathetic. I have empathy, but I'm also very selfish. And maybe that was tough pill to swallow to flip the mirror back over here. Keep this stuff in. They'll love it. (laughs) (laughs) This is the good stuff. Anybody else? Anybody Uh, else see a little of themselves? No. Uh, Comment. Uh, (laughs) Big assumption. Just to like immediately be like Ian. She doesn't know an Ian. My like my neighbor's middle name might be Ian. He makes a bunch of connections that end up being weirdly right. Pepe Silvia, Pepe Silvia. Yeah, it's like if he that actually be, turned out to be true. He should be a detective with that Carol, being able to connect things. <laughs> um, but this is, again, just trickle down. Like, I, I really love the cameo by, if, if it's a cameo or not, by, by Tim Robbins as the above neighbor. Let's talk about a better cameo. Well, Bruce Springsteen coming Bruce in here. Yeah. yeah, having the boss come in is actually pretty cool. Uh, on 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 verified, they did want Tom Petty, but Tom Petty was busy. But I mean, Bruce Springsteen's just as good. Damn! Now that you say that, I can't I can't tell which one would be. Can more you throw surprising. me another one? Is there anyone else you would want in there? Maybe as like a major star of that caliber, and maybe of that. Like kind Willie of stuff. Nelson could be funny. Willie Nelson could be fun. Paul McCartney is that too uh, too weird? Because you're kind of going. That would have annoyed of, me. You're going for more of a folk thing. Um, Willie Bob Nelson Dylan would have been, been good. amazing, actually. Mm. Oh, it, it Bob was Dylan Bob Dylan. I think awesome. I said. I think I said Tom Petty. It was Bob Dylan. I'm sorry, I misspoke. They reached out initially oh. to Bob Dylan, but he was busy. Oh. You don't know what popped in my head, but it's 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 not at all like the 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 artist we've just. Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. Just popped be, in my head. Oh, what's going on? <laughs> Yeah, it would have been like Steven Tyler. He was I don't available. know why it would have popped in my head. <laughs> Lenny Kravitz? No, that would have been too on the note. You know, nobody would have at that um, time. American woman or whatnot. Bob Dylan's would have been hilarious. Yeah, put him in kind of funny. What? It doesn't yeah. seem like he would make cameos. Uh, Willie Nelson was in Half Baked, but that's you know a stoner movie, so right. he knows his brand and he seems like a cool guy. Uh, animosity for how often he's in the rain. Like I get that he's a fuck up, but grab an umbrella just one time. Like just don't immediately go for I'm getting really wet. You know, try there's a little. one specific time that that annoys me the most. He does get wet anytime there's turmoil. They use it as you know, like a metaphor. How, how you know, did you guys not want me to bring up chafing again? <laughs> I mean, so oh. much, so much leather and just denim. You're bound to be chafing. I mean, in that leather jacket you're stewing, like once the rain stops and you're, it's just, you're trapped in that thing. I don't know. Like, take it off, put it, like, wrap it Seals on your arm. All I, I get the it. Juices. After Charlie, after the funeral, when Laura picks him up, he's in, he's in like a flower bed right. in his suit. And I, you know, listen, Charlie, that leather jacket's going to be with you, you know, a few more years. Wear it down, make it cool. But he doesn't have more than one suit. He's True. Just ruining that suit. That suit's gone. Yeah, but everything. Every you expect him to come smelling like cigarettes and also kind of damp. That's that's Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like you don't. That's you don't like Rob. expect He's him to like, what, what, what happened damp. to your suit? You get buried alive. It's like yeah, I, <laughs> I was in the rain as I do. Okay, just like also a carry-on animosity kind of, though. He is just a stalker. He lingers outside of people's buildings. Although there is one funny joke when Tim Robbins like, you were there this morning. Rob. Yeah, no, but like he's always out in the rain, always calling clearly from view of the window. Like, at least maybe like go out. I mean, I cell phones are around, but like go around the corner. What a a well-placed payphone. Yeah. Just just in a sub... Like, in a city part a, of the earth, in a residential he's area, unlikable. Of the city. he's just—he's he, a stock. He has like kind of predatory, bad behavior about his whole character. And yeah, Mark, I thought of a real life person who this would remind me of. I won't say it on the air, but can't wait to hear after. I'll let you guys know after. I'm like, oh, that's got that vibe. I'm not saying we know a stalker, <laughs> but we know also know somebody that would, you know, stalk. stock. <laughs> um. <laughs> Do you want to know a, a specific little animosity of mine? Sure. Um, has nothing to do with the movie, the plot, or how I feel towards it. But Cusack's walking to the record store to work, and he walks in the middle of these skateboarders, and he's agitated that they're like skating in his way. But he walks directly in front of a ramp. Funny enough, my next comment was about to be this exact comment. Yeah, he walks directly in front of someone jumping. He and he's looking forward, so he would have seen this coming. On a side street, avoid it. I'm again, I can't side with this character anywhere. No, and then he's a little too aggressive to swing it at some kids. He's gonna get in some trouble. 
Um, also, I've seen a- that guy in Wicker Park, though. I've seen that guy, <laughs> that angry guy. <laughs> that angry yeah, that guy. Oh yeah, but how often do you see somebody setting up ramps on? No, the Mark means it's John Cusack. He's out there. Watch out! Everybody. I just saw. I mean, John. we probably could. We could probably could see him, you know, in the city somewhere. Um, at a Cubs game. Oh, also, just kind of a comment. So, like, he's kind of taking like a, a, a like a swing with this uh, this record label, and it might have worked out. But like, uh, it turns out like now, if they did a reboot, it, his record label would have gone under because record labels don't make money really anymore and don't exist. So, like, we could just pick back right up because uh, pick pick right back up. Because uh, quick question, to you guys, does their merit does this last? Does the mar- absolutely not? Do, do Rob and Laura make it? Oh, I didn't think they were necessarily getting married, did you? No, but they're at least back together in the end. It is kind of a happy ending. It's an ending for sure. I was wondering <laughs> if it's happy or not. It ends. Uh, he's and they the talked dis- about it. They're like, "Hey, we we can be we can be together. I'm I'm done. I'm done being that guy." Although just the day before, she's like, "You were flirting with the the uh, yeah." She can do better. Like article. animosity. She she can do much better. She's a lawyer. She seems smart. I, she's. she's I don't good. think that will make she it. She likes at all. staying at his place. She said that at the end. Yeah. No. She. Yeah, I mean, there's. Yeah. No. She's definitely just leading into a comfort kind of situation because her dad died. I mean, that's pretty much. She says that's why it's happening. She said that. Yeah. She said those specific that, words. That's actually kind of funny scene though, when he's just like, "Okay, right." <laughs> so we're just getting back together because your dad said yes. Yes. And I, like so, how, no, I, I don't get the vibe that they will be. Um, the, I don't think they will will stay together. So that kind of makes the conclusion in the movie a little weird. It, it's got the crescendo of Jack Black's performance, and that's kind of how the movie ends, right? Kind of, yeah. No, you think so? Time. But there's like, there's like thirty forty minutes after that moment. It feels like. Is there really? No, there's like fifteen, but it is like, where is this fifteen minutes coming from? Oh, I could have sworn that was the end, and I watched it yesterday. Yeah, well, I, there's a there's a bit of a longer wrap up, but it pretty much is uh, like the, the Jack Black is the ending in my mind. Uh, just be. comment. This just reminds me of Scott Pilgrim. I feel like Scott Pilgrim is the more enjoyable version of this movie. Oh, it has uh, fun. Also, co- a, a ten year of a uh, ten year anniversary of Scott Pilgrim is like oh, nice. around this time. But it it, it has like the ex girlfriend factor. It has pop culture references. It has. Uh, they're, yeah, they're it's kind of like Scott Pilgrim meets Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah, with the fourth wall. Yeah, for sure. That's true. Scott Pilgrim is just as unlikable and screwing everybody. He's not a good guy. When he's is, is what's the word? Pontificating? Or is that is that a good word for what he does? That works. Let me look it up. Um, when he does that, there are some <laughs> enjoyable like rants that he does. There are enjoyable rants, but it's covered. Uh, it, it's not enough to cover up. The sleazy How rants. Bad of a person. Yeah. yeah. Huge like should have been in favorite aspects, but Bob from 61 is at the very end of the movie. Chris Bauer, he plays a random friend at the end. Just Bob from 61. I didn't even recognize it. He's in there. Are you guys is record guys? Final show. What? Are you guys record <laughs> I guys? Have record. I, I have record. No, I, I don't I have don't... a single record. I don't think we have a record we, player. I want to be we a record a... guy, I think. Uh, if we put our next album on record, then I will become a record guy, but only of our records. Well, <laughs> if you guys put your album out on a record, I will have it and add it to my collection. I'd say I have about twenty. Nice. It's a start. But I, I don't. I'm I'm into greatest hits because that seems to be mainly what I want. Got a lot of classic rock. Got a record player. It's nothing nothing fancy. Um. Overall, just questions. Did, did you guys like the film? It was my first time viewing. I knew I've heard I'd heard of the name both the novel and the movie before, so I was kind of just aware of it. But I think I like I, I, I like it. it for the reasons that's our favorite aspect, and I dislike it for some of the reasons that are our question comments animosities. It's cool that it's set in our the neighborhood I grew up in, and I think that it's it's I I just wish the character was a little more likable to make it more palatable to watch. I agree with that. I'm pretty much of the same mind, kind of. There are things I like, I a lot of that. things. The, the 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 pop culture references, the music list, the the monologue to the camera, things like that are fun. But maybe, I guess it's maybe a more. It maybe some people enjoy this. It's it's not bubblegum enough for me. Maybe maybe I I would like it a little I more think like that. I would enjoy it like my second and third viewing, just like so I can catch more of those sort of long monologue-y quotes. 
You know, I might go back and just check the source material and see if I like the book better. I don't usually like True, going yeah. movie to book, but sometimes it is still a nice upgrade. Why would you take a movie that you're you don't like that much and be like, I wonder what the book is? Because actually like. interesting, there are a lot of times where there is a harsher like uh liter- 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 literature character that I am kind of more accepting of being an asshole for some reason though. Well, a depressed uh, a depressed well, not even that. Like I've read uh, books before character. where definitely the main character has been a, like an anti-hero, but I'm more willing to kind of accept. I think an anti-hero in literature form than movies sometimes. So I don't know. I might end up liking it better than that form. Yeah, that's true. It kind of actually reminded me a little Catcher in the Rye. It's just like petulant, but he's thirty. No, I. It, it's whiny. It's just too whiny. It's too whiny <laughs> for the age. It's like, what do you want me to do, bud? Yeah, it, it's your fault. Obviously, right. Everything's your fault. Like every girlfriend he goes to, he was like, "What? We're wrong." They can all be like, "Oh, you were whiny and very self-confident and or self-conscious and just not confident at all." Um, lastly, <laughs> the fact that he doesn't wear a trench coat, the trench coat anywhere is really maybe disappointing. The, you know, with all of his bad attitude, that could have won me over. No, not really. But you know, <laughs> would have been nice to see. Let's uh, go to unverified. All right, moving on to unverified. Okay, so we already kind of touched on this, but just to uh, clarify this, uh, High Fidelity, it's uh, based on the book by Nick Hornby. He is a English writer, also a lyricist, but interestingly, he also wrote Fever Pitch and About a Boy, and uh, all of which were made into movies, all successful movies. Good to be him. Oh, <laughs> uh, <what? laughs> It's good to be the king. And, and Wild and Brooklyn, we talked about that earlier, though. All of which uh, have been very successful. So there's a lot of music facts on this. Uh, Mark, I think you might have divin- dove in a little deeper than me on that, but one I have is just like the uh, Marie DeSalle CD. And the number one is Baby, I Love Your Way, two, Eartha Kit, times two. Oh, weren't, weren't, weren't they all just like like funny, like like My Heart Will Go On, like Umbop and shit like that? <laughs> Baby, I Love the Way, Eartha Kit, times two, Ghostbusters, Nine, Beat It. Baby got back. Yes, Nine the, to one one is a joke. I will survive. Mbop, my heart will go on. You can't have it, and the time is now. Yeah, that's that's kind of a funny little little bit there. Uh, just it's kind of something <laughs> funny to uh, think about. I mean, originally this book is based in London because the author is English, so he said he was fine with the relocation to Chicago because I mean he said it, I mean it was really more about the characters than the city anyway. So, but it's fun that it, they I did change it to in Chicago. Any major city. Yeah, it doesn't. It wouldn't really matter. But I actually it's think fun for I us. may have liked it more in London. I could see that. Too. Jude Law would be my main guy, done. and yeah. No, Ewan McGregor, because Ewan McGregor can play a train spotting well, kind well, of dickish. Well, then make it like, more of a romantic romantic comedy instead of like this weird sort of cult classic y 90s, early 2000s movie. Train spotting, and I don't have a lady yet, but I'll get to an English version later. Hmm. Uh, Kate Winslet. Boom. Uh, yeah, that works for me. Done. Bing, bang, uh, this Vintage out. Vinyl is another record store mentioned in the film. It's in the hometown that. John Cusack grew up in, and that's Evanston. Go Wildcats. Um, This is kind of just a funny one. Uh, In the flashback, you know, when Rob and Laura are listening to Ian have sex, uh, the book that Laura is reading is Love Thy Neighbor. Oh, fun, fun, fun. Fun, fun, Did it seem like his high school girlfriend was at a college setting? Seemed like Yeah, kind of. Yeah, they seemed a little older, but that's also because they're like 30-plus-year-olds playing high schoolers, I think. That's true. You want to hear an animosity that I just don't relate with mm. at all about any movie depicting high yeah. school? Before school starts, people hang out in front of the school in groves. In no, you rush to get there because you woke up late. That, that's what you yeah. do. And anytime a school has lockers outside, I'm like, I can't relate to this true. at all. So, so we talked about earlier that a lot of the flyers and the stickers at the um, record store are local Chicago bands. Just some of them are... Uh, Urge, Overkill, The Falling Wallendas, Ruka Salt, Liz Parr, and uh, those were just kind of known to be were like... They actual, were they actual Chicago-based bands? Uh, they were. Uh, oh, to touch back on that Tim Robbins thing, 
uh, during an interview with the AV Club in 2019. He said that he agreed to take the role of High Fidelity uh, because he was promised that they would make a custom wig for it and that he could keep the hairpiece when he was done. And he like and he said he keeps he tries to keep all of his hair pieces and all of his roles so that he can use them for Halloween costumes. So that's that's apparently why Tim Robbins took the role. He said. I mean that is hilarious. So I guess we. I guess why I know he's in picked. Like, I guess we know now why he's in picked. Because he has dreads in the wig. <laughs> I just want the wig. <sighs> oh, do you want to hear two people who were in this movie but didn't make the final cut? Sure. Uh, Harold Ramis and Beverly D'Angelo. Harold Ramis film scenes playing uh, his dad, uh, and then Beverly D'Angelo just played a customer who was super tan, a uh, two tan woman trying to sell like uh, her ex husband's record collection. So I know they made this a TV show, but I could have definitely seen just the record store be. Uh, yeah, because didn't they also make a Clerks TV show that's kind of the same idea? idea it would just be people talking. Sure. And it's not in the same vein, but what's that? Empire Records with younger actors in the 90s like Liv Tyler. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's more that. Whatever. It's a different type of movie. Sort of a relationship thing. Sort of whatever. Uh, so this, it's never mentioned in the movie, but there are five records displayed at his home and he does often mention like well what my top five of the club are at home his so these five. you would assume that these are his actual rob's top five uh and they are uh maggot brain by funkadelic tonight's the night by neil young wild honey by the beach boys goo by sonic youth and double nickels on the dime by minutemen so i realize that we're gonna have to do that for our Mount Rushmore, and I am just... I am cool. It's going to be cool. like tubby, tubby Volume 1, Tubby Volume 2. I'm going to really have to think about <laughs> like it. It's going to be all mixed. Uh, I was not prepared for that. Okay, um, any more facts? This is kind of funny. Uh, another just location place. Uh, parts of the film were filmed on the lawn of Lane Tech High School, but it was filmed while school was in session. But the students and the teachers had strict orders not to be visible on camera and not to look out the windows while people were on the lawn. I'm guessing, yeah, any of the stuff maybe with Charlie or Penny, like when they're on the grass and stuff. I'm guessing it's Lane Tech and for those yeah. ones. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, for, for a brief period in 2006, yep. High Fidelity was made into a Broadway musical. Uh, it had 13 performances and 19 previews. Not a long-lasting thing, but it was there. I just cannot see this leading to a musical. Or a TV show, really. I mean, I wasn't a fan, but you know, it lives on. Um, the guitarist for, um, for Marie Saul is actually Jeff Parker uh, from the Chicago band's Tortoise and Isotope 217. And then also the bass player in Barry's band is Matt Lux, and he is the bass player for Iron and Wine. And then we already said, but Drake Bell plays young um, plays young Rob in the flashbacks. And that's all I have for facts. I kind of just listed through them all there as quickly as I could, because you know what? A lot of it's stuff I'm worried about pronouncing wrong for some titles of songs. <laughs> People get mad at me, and I don't want to do it, so we're skipping some of them, okay? <laughs> that works. Uh, let's move on to recasting. Okay, recasting. Did anybody have uh, Ian? Let's go Ian first. Uh, I did someone who's the just new boyfriend and could be annoying with it. I did Matthew McConaughey. Only it's almost too good looking, but that almost makes it worse. So you know, works. You wanted to be like a funny, like stupid guy, <laughs> but it's still I like a guy with long hair. He's like, "Hey, man, chill. I'm like a mediator. Just keep it easy." He has to be like annoying like that, and you get that out of McConaughey. I've got a not good one that popped in my head. I I didn't think too hard, but Bill Hader. <laughs> Bill Hader would be kind of funny. Yeah, I could. See I like his little cameos in the apt out crew. Yeah, and I could see him having that sort of character out of it. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Oh, Will Ferrell be. Will Ferrell is where be a funny one. Uh, did anyone go uh, Charlie? Did, how far did you guys get in the girlfriends? Because I pretty much Charlie's kind of the lowest one I went. I just want the main one. Um, I did Selma Hayek to keep it kind of like just someone who I had a crush on when I was a kid in the '90s, but also like modern yeah, day, maybe like known. Jennifer Lawrence and J Law in there. I think Selma Hayek's better. Let's do records. Yeah, uh, record store friends who had Jack Black Barry. Um, I switched it up a bit. I did Craig Robinson. He has a couple different roles where he's like addicted Ooh, customers in a funny way. Yeah, one is a DJ in The Goods. And two, it's just also a little bit of his character from uh, Hot Tub Time Machine, too, where he plays like an uh, like R&B artist. So I, I played I on those two. I have Craig, Rog- Craig Robinson. Okay. That's fair. I actually like Craig Robinson. That's I didn't really come up with a good one. It was tough for me. But I'm all ears for Mark. character. My berry was uh, Seth Rogen. Yeah, that could work. <laughs> I like yeah, that. I like that a lot. 
That's another character I could see. I, I was trying to like, you don't have like that. You can never get like that hyperness with it. Would like Jim Carrey work there? Could it be like a Jim Carrey weirdness? It's so hard to put Jim Carrey in as anything because he's so much. Yeah, I get it. I was trying to find somebody who could musically dive into that role, and he kind of does this. I thought of Adam Devine, but no, no insult to him. It just felt wrong. Yeah, I get that because he does the same that's thing. The, that's the same type of role. Yeah, uh, I mean, he kind of takes those. I roles. mean, we already kind of talked about it, but Marie Desal. Uh, I mean, Zoe Kravitz, but I also said maybe Tessa Thompson. It's just kind of her character from Creed. Slash Creed 2? Um, yeah, she seems very... I put Zoe that. Kravitz there. Like, I mean, her daughter's, her daughter's doing the show. It makes sense. She's doing the character anyway, from what I understand. Yeah, never seen sick. I put Zoe Saldana. Okay. Yeah, I had Rosario be, I, that Dawson. That works for me. Rosario Dawson would be good, yeah. Um, let's get back sorry, to the record store people. I kind of took us away from that. Who'd you let's guys go have for Dick. Dick? Yeah, Dick. Uh, I had Michael Sarah. That could work. I could see anyone from like Super Bad kind of working in there. Just imagine uh, Michael Sarah just kind of being like specific about his records and like that that would work perfectly. I gotta choose your own that adventure here, work. but my main one is uh, Jim Rash. He's the dean from Community, but also it could just oh, be I like that guy. it could just be uh, Tobias from. Okay, so that was my number one. I had David. Cross it could, it could just be one. David Cross too. But uh, do you want to hear my? But I like. My but I'm giving Jim Rash no. Jim Rash the role from Dean because I mean he's funny. I'm giving the rule. I I, I really, pick him I really over, like that over guy. Dave Cross. Yeah, I didn't. Damn, I didn't think about that one. The Dean is. Um, I did. I just want to throw it out there because I thought of it. But Fred Armisen, he seems that like a good, good record store guy. Very that could be a whatever, good awkward character. You it. That that makes sense. And I mean, like Portlandia. Portlandia. Yeah. Many uh, of his characters could be that smug, weird. Did any record did anyone guy. do uh, Liz the Joan Cusack character? She doesn't want to. I wanted to do two things. No, Number one, I actually did not. Okay, two things. Number one, if I was just to recast a brother sister duo, I would do the Jill and Halls. Um, that's my brother sister casting redo. If you can think of one before the end of mine, go for it. But I would also recast her as Sil- uh, Sarah Silverman for a '90s movie. She could almost be the Sarah Silverman would be good for the lead. The Laura. Ooh, if we're doing it, I'm doing Emma Thompson. Professor Trelawney and uh, an actress. That's my. That's British. Is that's a British uh, version. I'm doing uh, Uma Thurman. You, are you you're going for Laura? Okay, we're on to Laura. You're, he's going. That that works for me. That's a little bit looks based. Um, I'm guessing. I definitely thought that looks based. I thought you could do Mila Kunis, but I don't know why, for no rhyme or reason. Um, I did Anne Hayes. Reminds me. There's there's a lot of uh. <laughs> Shawn, so like of the well, here's why Anne, Anne Hayes seems like she could be like into a punker kind of thing, but she can clean up and look like she could also be a lawyer. I was trying to think of someone who looks like they could kind of dive into both worlds. Yeah, mine wasn't inspired or good. Let's see. We've gotten everyone, I think, except for Rob. Who's your Rob? I have two. Okay. I have the perfect, lovable asshole. If you want to do Bill Murray, you could easily do Bill Murray. Okay. Maybe I could end up but blocking him more. If I want to enjoy the character more, make him a little more uplifting, but still all the talking to camera, Dev Patel, I think he's a great everyman. He could, he could do sorrow and heartbreak. He would ultimately make the I can't see him being that big of a likeable. dick I can't see him doing it he's too nice yeah it'd be a, it'd be a different version of the movie his eyes his are too sad and beautiful that's who I like I like Dev Patel as a talk to the camera I don't think he's got enough chances to be the man sure me out I actually kind of like mine Jason Lee you know him from all rats my uh, my name is Earl um kind of he could definitely be like the fuck up into music classic rock he owns a record store I actually think that's way better than mine like he'd be really good uh, for Small me, rats. for me, it's uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's. Can't go wrong. Oh, I did think of David Schwimmer because this is David Schwimmer in All of Friends. Hmm. Just an annoying, whiny. I could whiny maybe character. see David Schwimmer actually. I'm trying to think who else. Uh, who's the lead from uh, Ed sorry, Norton? Um, maybe uh, Ed, Ed Norton. Norton would take it to another level of dick. Yeah, I can believe the dicks out of that. Who's? Um, oh shit, I just lost it. Ah, that's fine. I don't <laughs> want to rant. Oh, no, Jason Bateman. I could see also this being maybe a Jason Bateman role. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of his wheelhouse. That's his niche, the asshole. The smart asshole. He might act, yeah. He, he'd be good in it, too. It's every character he plays. Should we move on to the Holy Trinity? Sure, let's move on. Holy 
Welcome back to the Holy Trinity. If you're a first-time listener, the Holy Trinity is where we take three character actors and we force them into any movie. This week, it is Vin Diesel, Whoopi Goldberg, and Polly Shore. Who do you want to start with? Let's do uh, let's do Vin Diesel. Where's Vin Diesel in this movie? <laughs> That's Ian. It's easy. Wig him up too. Put a wig on. Okay, I can see that as just the annoying neighbor, the weird cameo that sexes up Laura. He couldn't be. He, he could be. Yeah, he's not a weird. It has to be Ian right now. Uh, that's the '90s version of like The Rock all of a sudden dating your like your ex girlfriend. That's true. What do you guys got for Whoopi Goldberg? I see her in the record store. It's it's Joan Cusack. It's the friend that's on his side. Nah, Cause nah, you, nah. Because you want her to you, still be likable and funny. That way she can still come in and yell at him like "you dick" kind of thing. You don't want to waste her in that. You got to get her in the store for some banter. I guess that's true. So she's the Jack you, Black, or she? You dick? can make her Jack Black because no, she would. She's the she, person coming in like your your daughter definitely does not like that song. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We she, have to transplant the comedian into the comedian role. Kind of that works. Yeah. That totally works. Plus, okay, she would Polly, tell people off in a funny way. So I guess that that makes Polly Shore Rob, right? He just has to be the record store owner. Uh, no, he's one of the skaters. He's both of the skaters. He's all the way. He could, he could be Dick, though. Just a different kind of Dick. This movie no, would a take skater. a drastic a change if you make him the main character. That's just, true. It'd be a Polly Shore movie. Hear me out. That, Here's the, all the places I could see Polly Shore. He could be Dick, the weird employee. He could be Rob. I could see him as one of the skaters, too. I could see him as Jack Black. I, I mean, I think we're underutilizing uh, Polly Shore, I'm just thinking now. I think Agreed. it'd be a, I think it'd be a far reach to make him the main character. And I like some Polly Shore movies, but then you just throw the movie out. Then you throw the whatever the plot is out the window. Uh, we were all pretty much in agreements this week, but uh, thanks everyone for writing in for your uh, Holy Trinity suggestions. Uh, keep them coming in and we'll uh, try to keep it fresh. Or uh, if not, we'll just keep going back to the main one and we'll just do Brendan Fraser, Keanu Reeves, and Jeff Goldblum. Do you think Whoopi Goldberg could be the main character and you just tell it from her point of view? Yeah, because she's already kind of played that kind of fuck up. It's like a sister act kind of thing, but it's like it's a darker, harder, different version. Like <laughs> sister act three. <laughs> I mean, she can obviously carry a movie, and and maybe it's the difference between her and J- J- John. Yeah, Cusack, but, that, but the main her, character her, is so unlikable. I'd rather have her be a Jack Black likable sidekick than the dick. But in a weird way, because she's much more charming than Cusack is, her bitching and complaining might come off better. But it, she's still coming from a place of wrong, so it wouldn't matter. Like it, no matter what, she'd still be in the wrong. Okay, I like this Whoopi Goldberg. I I think younger people may be underestimating her, but go back and watch her movies. She carried movies. She could be in almost any Billy Crystal movie. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, let's move on to Mount Rushmore top four. But this week, because of the movie, we're gonna make it a top five. Mount Rushmore top four. Welcome back to Mount Rushmore Top 4. This week, Top 5 in honor of this movie. Uh, I'm going to kick it off. We're all kind of doing something a little separate, but uh, similar in like involving music because the record store. Hold on. Cameron wanted to do Top 5 albums of all time because of this movie, and that's impossible. Yeah. So we're all, we're all breaking it up a little bit, but Cameron attempted that one. But here's my best attempt at it. Uh, this is maybe more just like what were, were my like musical influences growing up and kind of what shaped our current band. Uh, go out and check out Good Enough, out by Highwire, out currently. Um, my number five, this is just inspirational because this is like one of the first bands we covered and learned how to play, Green Day. But specifically, I didn't know what album, but I picked Dookie because we did cover a lot of those Bye songs now. and there are a lot of the hits, you know, Bye off now. that. Bye but now. any of that early stuff's good. Yeah, Brain Stew's on there. A bunch of good ones. Um, my number four is actually an EP, but it's all time low, put up or shut up. We kind of stole a lot of sound from them. We were in high school when they kind of popped. Those were big. Number three, The Danger Summer. I just did the original one. I did If You Could oh, if you could Only Keep Me Alive that had the permanent rain and all those like original songs I remember. Uh, wow. I know I'm killing it right now. My number two is He's the starting, killing it. I know. My number two is The Starting Line, Say It Like You Mean It. Uh, oh we take a god. shit ton of inspiration from that. Oh my then, god! Then my number one is Blink One Eighty Two, but I didn't know what to pick, so I took uh, the Mark Tom and Travis show. So I get the live version, uh, specifically because it's the live performance version. So it gets a bunch of different albums. So it gets like just like an auto tune version of all my favorite songs. So that's my top five favorite albums. What a list! Well, I I can't debate it except uh, living through it, mm-hmm. growing up. I did I didn't put through good Charlotte osmosis on there. of. <laughs> 
I didn't put that on mine either. Cameron and I share uh, uh, without me. I, I got, got grounded in my freshman year, and we just played video games and listened to Good Charlotte. You know, I was into hey, Tony Dad, Hawk and some angst. You I'm were, you. I mean, you were grounded for the summer, so you were leaning in a little more of that. I hate my and, dad feeling than me at the moment. I hated my dad because he grounded me for good reasons, and he was trying to mold me. They hated him because uh, he you banded them. Yeah, so, you know, but I was, that bottom. was probably the most angst-filled I, I ever was. But uh, I, I, I'd say through osmosis, out of the ones you listed... Listen, this is the Tom and Travis show. The yeah, Blink it has to be probably Blink-182. Okay, so because Cameron gave us way too daunting, I was um, a child of the mix CD, um, so I, I have not bought a lot of albums, nor did I listen to a lot of albums straight through as a kid. So I'm going to highlight, for anybody that cares out there, and this is mainly for our family, um, my <laughs> favorite mix CDs as a kid, and I'll explain some of the songs on them. Um in fifth place, they're not all mixed CDs. There's two real CDs. There's three real CDs on there as well. <laughs> okay. In, in fifth place, this almost might be a six honorable mention. I had a mixture of Hawaiian music, mainly from Lilo and Stitch. And I believe Paul Simon. From Paul Simon and four renditions of Why Fools Rush In, whether it be Hawaiian or actually uh, the, from the Team King. Bop A Team. What are they called? A Teens? I don't remember. Yeah, but... there's there's yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I used no to shower way. a lot of mornings here in no fucking way. like uh, it was UB forties here in Elvis, here in Hawaiian, here in yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, funny in high school no. once people came to our house, uh-huh. like I had friends over, and I'm like, ah, oh, I'm gonna put on some music for him, <laughs> and it didn't do well. I'm like, you guys Is just he guess it's more of a shower thing. Nobody wanted to listen to it at all. <laughs> um, this one I will go my number four. Uh, I don't condone this, but road tripping CDs. I had a big one in high school. Highlights were uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Get your headbang in. Right. Do the can 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 for obvious reasons. Well, that's and this fun. is what I added to it. <laughs> Randomly, you put Ghostbusters anywhere after a few drinks, and everybody's gonna have some fun. <laughs> Already, sl- what was the slow jam on that CD? Can I ask? And on any of these CDs? I, I think it's all Rise. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you you want to ask what the slow jam in the Hawaiian mix was? Somewhere over the rainbow bum, by Isabel. No, no, that that's not tell there. Tell me that's what not there. you gonna tell me. What. Okay, so this is a this is a double CD set. The Infinite. I had the nickname as a kid, Tubby. Some people think it was mean. Some people <laughs> thought it was endearing. No matter what um, side of the fence you lay on, <laughs> no. Tubby Volume One and Two was during my rap phase. I think we all know that. We grew up during just the best time of rap, the midnight is. So it's 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 a double CD set. This should actually be number two, be, my number two. Um, highlights are Wanna Be a Baller, Little Troy, Bourbons and Lax, Master P, Back That Ass Up, Juvenile, Nelly, Country Grammar, Manelli, Smoke Something, Dre, Snoop, I'm sorry, Still Dre, Snoop Dogg, and Dr. Dre, Changes oh by Tupac, God. Notorious B.I.G., When You Call mm. Me Big Papa, um, Bone Thugs and Harmonies, Crossroads, um, P. Diddy, I'll Be Missing You. Do you want to know a little fact? Had one rock song on it. Wasn't a big rock guy growing up. I'm like, I got to mix it up, put something on. It was, um, <laughs> all my life I've been searching for something by, uh, oh, Foo Fighters. Fighters. Yeah. That makes sense. That was big at the time. Yeah, it was big at the time. Um, so those are my rap days. I'm probably missing some songs. And if you're out there listening for my family, hit, hit us up on social media. Um, Cameron, you're going to like this one. You wouldn't see this coming. Uh, I, I guess this is my, my, my number three. Cameron and I used to, when we shared a bedroom when we were kids, fall asleep to a the Simpsons, Simpsons DV, a Simpsons CD. We must have listened to that a million huh. times to bed. Beat you to it. Funny enough, that pop, we, we, there were two Simpsons CDs. The first one was really good. The second one the wasn't. The first one was good. Did you put that on yours? No, no. Well, no, that would, no. It's but got I, Capital City. It's got some jams. Check it out there. Um, number one is for sure Chumbawamba Tub Thumping. It's the only <laughs> physical album I bought as a kid. I got got to pick out a. I got birthday money in fifth grade, and it was a smash hit. I'm not embarrassed to say that. I wanted to hear Tub Thumping as many times as I could. Thought I was did. buying the single. Didn't understand how much a single versus a full album cost. I'm like twenty cents <laughs> fair for everything. <laughs> Bought the whole Chumbawamba Tub Thumping album, and it's got some bangers. Drip 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 goes the water. Do you suffer from long term memory loss? I think you guys know him. I sure do so because it's the happiest yeah. accident, happiest accident um, um, of my life. And I think somewhere in a CD book, 
it still exists in its physical Oh, form. after this podcast, I'm actually going to go to my CDs over there and see. I think I have at least a tubby volume in there, so I'm going to see what I have and see what's oh, on it. Oh, listen to it. Crank it. Honorable mention, Now That's What I Call Christmas. One of the best. Oh Christmas yeah, the, now that's what I call Christmas. Like the first time they took that out, they brought that out was a fucking banger. I will just go through the list just so you don't think we're stupid. Christmas song, Nat King Cole, White Christmas, Bing Crosby, Blue Christmas, Elvis <laughs> Presley, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, that all. Um, it was all the crooners. It was all the good versions from the crooners. The most wonderful time of the year, Johnny Mathis. A Holly Jolly Christmas, Burl Ivis. I don't know about that. Rudolph, I mean, just all the classics. It, it's it's amazing. It's it's they made the CD you want, and now there it's impossible go. to find. Uh, Mark can't get it. Mark, what was your list this week? Nice list, Jordan. Uh, I was gonna well, go top done. Uh, top five songs, but it's just an impossible list. I went rogue. I just I did not make a list. Uh, thanks for listening to our take on High Fidelity. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure you like and subscribe, review if you haven't. Um, if you have any movie requests, you can write in at coldclassicspodcast at gmail.com. You can also write in your Holy Trinity request there. Make sure to like and subscribe on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. And we'll check you next week with uh, another new movie. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye.